0: On the twelfth day of Christmas my true love gave to me Twelve drummers drumming, eleven pipers piping, ten lords a-leaping, nine ladies dancing, eight maids a-milking, seven swans of swimming six geese of lane five golden rings Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge and a pear tree Hello again, and welcome to another round of prospect position rankings within the Cardinals system. Uh, Here at Birds on the Black, I am your host, I am Kyle Reese, uh, again for Birds on the Black and Prospects After Dark. We've already gone uh, over the starting pitchers, the drafted pitchers, the relief pitchers, and I've decided that we're going to start the positions in the organization, the everyday positions in the organization, starting with the catchers. Uh, It should always go noticed and noted. That Yadier Molina is never going to retire. He's going to play forever. So we're going to get out ahead of the question where people ask me who's going to be the heir presumptive. A uh, shout out to Rusty Gropel uh, uh, for for that term. But who's the the heir presumptive to Yadier Molina as the Cardinals catcher long term? The answer is it's Yadier Molina until Yadier Molina isn't playing, uh, which is at least 2022. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, all of these guys are going to take a back seat. We also know that Yachty's never going to accept a timeshare, which means that, again, all of these guys are Carson Kelly until Yachty retires, if that makes sense. Uh, I like this little group quite a bit. It, it's a very talented group. Uh, and, you know, the other thing I really like about the, the group of catchers is that they vary in ages. You know, uh, we're going to go over Kisner, and then, you know, the, the the number one prospect on the list will be Ivan Herrera, and you know he's only 19 years old. He's younger than Nolan Gorman. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll list them off. Uh, your graduate is Andrew Kisner. Your number one on the list is Ivan Herrera. Number two is Julio Rodriguez. Number three is Pedro Pajes, and, and then your two honorable mentions are Jose Godoy. And someone else. Hold on, I forgot. See, this is what happens when you don't put this stuff in front of you, and I was bound to do this uh, sooner or later. It's Dennis Ortega. Uh, see, sometimes if I rattle long enough, what I'm trying to say actually uh, actually comes into my, my brain. Uh, our graduate, Andrew Kisner. Now, I believe uh, that Andrew Kisner did a very, very good job with his time, uh, his limited time at the major league level. We still see some rawness in the way that he receives the baseball, but I think we can all agree that just based on his approach, again, we're not talking about his numbers. Sometimes, you know, it's tough when we when we try to talk about a player's approach and his ceiling when he's had limited bats at the Major League level. Uh, but I think we can all agree that he was pretty impressive with the little bit of time that he got at the Major League level uh, and the impact that he made. Now, that's not to say he made a huge impact. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure his war was right at zero or right... Under zero or right above zero, which is to say, you know, a league average player, you know, uh, but he's really good. And if given the opportunity, he would be just as successful as Carson Kelly would be. I believe that he's not the defensive catcher that Kelly is, but he has a substantially higher offensive upside than Kelly does. You know, I, I don't know what the future holds, what the future looks like. For Andrew Kisner, I don't know how much longer he stays in the Cardinals organization. I would love for him to get a chance to be the everyday catcher. I mean, starting as soon as next year or the year after. Both of those things aren't going to happen. Uh, but in the meantime, until he finds his way into another organization, the Cardinals are in great shape to have such a capable backstop to replace Yadi if Yadi gets hurt for an extended period of time. Uh, number one on our list is 19-year-old Yvonne Herrera. Herrera is the prospect to know. You know, last year, we we all said, anyone who follows prospects said the same thing about Dylan Carlson. He was on the cusp of stardom. Uh, he had just never put up the stats that were eye-popping to, to make you say, oh my god, wow, those stats are amazing. Who is this guy? Uh, you knew him as the first-round draft pick. Uh, Herrera is similar in the fact that he hasn't put up like those super eye-popping stats uh, but again, he's a month younger than Nolan Gorman. We're here uh, just stroking and stroking and stroking Nolan Gorman, and completely getting lost in the fact that Von Herrera is younger. Uh, he is a good defensive catcher. I would say he's still not as on, like he's not on the caliber yet of where Kisner's at. Uh, but he has more raw tools, uh, a strong arm, a great ability to block the ball in the dirt. And he's at an amazing spot in his defensive development for only being 19 years old. He's impressive. You know, he plays with a little swagger, too. I love the gift that I show in the article where he hits a home run and kind of pimps it a little bit. You know, he does have surprise pop in that bat. And his bat kind of reminds me of Edgar Renteria's, his stance, uh, his approach, all of it. Uh, You know... Not to say that he's going to be the catching version of Edgar Renteria or anything like that. I will say that I think that that's a possibility, if any of that makes sense. Uh, but he's just a, a very, very talented athlete who's not afraid to go in any direction with the baseball, uh, who can be defensive and also productive late in counts. Uh, he is the total package. I think if you were to ask anyone in the know who the next Dylan Carlson A guy who goes from being outside of the top 100, that has had production, uh, has been productive rather, that isn't quite on national radar, that will be on national radar. Within the Cardinals organization, it starts and stops with Havan Herrera. Completely talented, uh, extremely poised, extremely smart, can handle a pitching staff pretty well for being so young. Uh, But just as you would expect with anybody who's 19 years old, turns 20 in June, or May, I mean. or uh, July rather, turns 20 in July, there is work to be done. Uh, And catchers, you know, they take longer to develop. We saw that with Carson Kelly. You know, Carson Kelly was about as developed as you can get out of a catcher at the minor league level. And then what happened? He got to the majors and got screwed around by the Cardinals. But he got to the majors and he just wasn't ready yet. It's because the catching position is the most demanding position in all the sports, bar none. And, uh, you know, it's hard to adjust to it. So that's uh, number one, prospect number one, as we go over our catchers. He's 19 years old. He'll start the year at Springfield, I would bet, I would guess, uh, and get your tickets because it might take him a second to adjust. You know, it took him a second to adjust at Palm Beach, and then he finally found his footing and looked really good for the last couple weeks of the season there uh, at the plate. But uh, it, it might take him a little time to adjust, but he'll get rolling and he'll get rolling quick. You know, what's his power potential? 10, 15. You know, he honestly. There's a lot of reason to think that he might have a bat similar to Yadier Molina. Look, all of this is just me rambling. I'm going to try to cut through this quick. Uh, uh, All of this is just me rambling to say he's super impressive. He's super good. He has an amazing ceiling. uh, And he appears to be on the path to the majors. Prospect number two on our list is Julio Rodriguez. Now, it's pretty well uh, agreed upon that Julio Rodriguez is the best defensive catcher in the entire organization. Uh, he has a, he plays a game with a certain amount of consistency that is rarely seen out of a uh, minor league catchers. Again, I would go back to Carson Kelly. Carson Kelly was the last minor league p- uh, catcher, rather, that I saw perform as consistently as Rodriguez does. He has a really strong arm. He does a great job. I think the one area where Rodriguez maybe doesn't get the uh, the credit that he deserves is his ability to call a game. He is a great game caller. He's athletic, you know. Uh, he's not a burner or anything like that. It, by the way, speaking of Ivan Herrera, he can run a little bit. Like... Uh, with Herrera real fast, sorry. Uh, He just reminds me so much of a younger Andrew Kisner. A younger Andrew Kisner, but with a higher upside, if that makes sense. Rodriguez can run a little bit too. It's not a burner, but he'll go first to third when it's time to go first and third. You know, he can beat out a weekly hit infield grounder if needed. Uh he's a pretty good athlete. He has a really short swing. It, it can get kind of choppy sometimes. Uh but it seems like when he chops at the ball, that's when the ball finds gaps. It, he's a really interesting hitter to watch. He's a big boy. He's bulky. Now, he's not he's not fat. His body like m- his body looks right for his frame, especially to catch. Nothing seems out of place. He's just... The, the bottom line with him is that, sure, he has an upside higher than, you know, Tony Cruz. Uh, he's a better defensive catcher, potentially, than Tony Cruz was. But more than likely, if you're hedging your bets, that's the kind of uh, uh, player that you would expect Julio Rodriguez to be in the long run, you know, depending on what kind of opportunity he gets. Uh, I like Rodriguez a lot. I like all of these catchers a lot. You know, uh, one of them is an organizational depth piece that it gives us a chance to, like, tip our cap to. Um... But yeah, that's prospect number two on our list, Julio Rodriguez. Prospect number three on our list is uh, 2019 uh, sixth round draft pick, Pedro Pajes. Now, Pajes is out of Florida Atlantic University. He spells his last name, or his last name is spelled P A G E S, uh, but it's Pedro Pajes. Now, really simple with Pajes. I, I watched all of the at bats that I could find uh, for State College. And it's an he gets an incredible amount of hits to the right field like side. He's a right-handed swinger, so a lot of his hits are to opposite field. But what's nuts about it is he hits uh, he pulls the ball about fifty-five percent of the time, just right under fifty-five percent of the time. His splits and his success don't make any sense at all. What I feel like I've gathered from it is when when Pajas gets two strikes, he really shortens his swing, and that's when he's effective. Uh, it's part of the reason why he doesn't strike out a lot. He just goes with the pitch. He is looking early on in counts to do damage, to pull the ball. And he hits the ball hard, and a lot of times it's hard outs. But then he also has this ability late in counts to just kind of do what needs to be done with the ball uh, to not strike out and maybe do a little bit of damage here and there. He has a beautiful double swing. I do think because of his size, he's he's a bulky guy. You know, he's like six foot 240 is my guess, somewhere around there. Uh, stout for sure. Uh, but i imagine he has more power than what he displayed i love that double swing he doesn't get cheated out of a swing either like even when he's just going with the baseball he's putting a hard cut on it he's impressive where the question becomes of pajes is what kind of catcher he is i can tell you that the little bit i watched it uh, during the 2019 season he i can't imagine a world in which he sticks a catcher a lot of times it's hard to tell especially after you know especially when you're talking about a college catcher um Making his organizational debut the year of his draft, he's already tacked on a lot of innings, more innings than he's ever caught. Uh, I think more than like you're more than likely you're talking about a guy who's going to have to transition to first base in the long run. But you know, he gets a good off season, gets into maybe a little bit better shape, uh, and you know, uh, uh, commits himself fully to the position. And he could very well stick at catcher. Uh, he's only 21 years old. He'll be 21 for the entire. 2020 minor league season you can't discount that the age thing is very very important uh when when i guess evaluating minor league talent but you know his uh, you can't talk about his stats without talking about his 393 on base percentage at state college now he was age appropriate for that level that's the level he should have been playing in that's why his. OPS was 823 and his on base, like we said, was 939 or 939. That'd be a record. Uh, was 393 and his batting average was 291. He just he has a good strong approach. He's a smart hitter and uh, I really like him at the plate. And here's the hoping that number three on our list, pa- Pedro Pajes, can continue to improve behind the plate uh, uh, on his way to a potential major league future. I know this. He has a strong enough arm. That the arm is like the least concerning thing about his ability to play catcher. Uh, And that's number three on our list, Pedro Pajes. The first honorable mention we're going to go over is 25-year-old Jose Godoy. I wanted to talk about Godoy for a couple different reasons. One, because I wanted to just give a little uh, uh, tip of the cap to organizational depth piece. Now... It, it might not seem like a lot. It might not seem like a great thing. But Jose Godoy has performed a very, very valuable role within the Cardinals organization uh, that always and always gets overlooked. Look, he's a leader on the diamond. Uh, he's a very, very good defensive catcher. He He's the best at blocking the ball in the dirt in the organization, bar none. Uh, he is a craftsman at that aspect of the game. He's a little slow, uh, doesn't necessarily call the best game. He calls a fine game. Doesn't have an absolutely cannon of an arm. as a strong arm. Uh, just a kick below where Julio Rodriguez is defensively, you know, from an entire thing, entire perspective, looking at the entire player. And he's a fine hitter, you know. He's got a little bit of pop, not a ton. Strikes out too much, but not so much that it's detrimental to a minor league team. He is just like the kind of guy that you draft, that you know that you can rely on for six or seven minor league seasons. You know, if maybe if things go well, you can give him the Travis Tartamella, uh, uh thank you for participating uh, badge. You know, next year uh, to give him a call up. Like, he's just a really great guy and a really really good minor league catcher and baseball player. And I I wanted if I was gonna write about eighty one players, highlighting eighty five total players. I wanted to be able to highlight a couple of the organizational depth guys who have been organizational soldiers for as long as they've been a part of the organization. Godoy is that. You know, uh, if you saw him at Springfield, you think, man, this guy's really good. You saw him in Memphis, you think, wow, this guy, he's a great organizational depth piece. Uh, and you can't beat that. And it's hard to get into detail about this stuff because you don't want to, like, when I say he's an organizational depth piece who will never make the majors, it sounds like I'm bashing on him. But to to have had the staying power that he had, he's had is a, a tremendous success. And I, it's hard for the average fan or even the accomplished fan to grasp that. But it is a huge accomplishment uh, for Jose Godoy. And I just I, I feel privileged to have a forum to be able to tip my hat. To that kind of guy. Uh, there's a first baseman, too, who we'll go over who plays a little bit of catcher. And I'll probably just say the same thing that I just said about Godoy about him. Uh, but that's our first honorable mention, Jose Godoy. Uh, our last honorable mention is Dennis Ortega. Now, Ortega got hurt at the beginning of the Palm Beach season. It cost him about the first 20 games of the year. I think he was out from April 4th, which is the, the, the was the debut, uh, the season debut for Palm Beach to April 24th or so. And in that month time span, uh, Julio Rodriguez was dominating. He was amazing. He ended up earning the starting catcher job for Palm Beach. And that meant that Ortega was playing once every four days or so. Didn't really play back-to-back. Maybe got one or two back-to-backs and that was it. Uh, it wasn't until Rodriguez got promoted to Springfield that Ortega got to take over and catch uh, a great deal. But by that point... Ivan Herrera had been promoted to Palm Beach, and Ivan Herrera was getting most of those at-bats, um, most of those innings. So he was just ended up being a player caught in the middle after getting hurt uh, and struggling with the opportunities that he got at the beginning of the year once he did get healthy. Uh, Ortega is also a very, very good Potentially, he's he's potentially a very very good defensive catcher. There are times when he looks out of this world, and there are times when he looks slow and lazy. I, lazy's a lazy word for it, but that's all I'm going to give you right now. There are times when he looks like all of his stuff is better than everything that Julio Rodriguez has. And then there's just times where he's not even near the caliber of Julio Rodriguez. One of the things that make Julio Rodriguez amazing is his consistency behind the plate. That's not necessarily something that Ortega has. He does play better when he's rested and when he's playing a little bit. uh, But who doesn't, really? Uh, So that's him defensively. Offensively, I have nothing to say about him offensively. The stuff that he showed positive in Peoria seemed to go away from him at Palm Beach. Those are like... Hitting with authority early in counts, taking smart pitches to get into counts where he can do damage, that was all gone. I think he was just trying to do too much with little opportunity, and it definitely backfired. It it was just a disappointing year all the way around for Dennis Ortega. What his future holds, I don't know. I would like for him to stay at Palm Beach. I would very much like for him to get a chance to be the everyday catcher at Palm Beach, uh, but we're just going to have to wait and see. I'm not giving up on Dennis Ortega just yet. I want to give him the attention that he deserves, uh and I hope that he can like he gets himself back into a position where he is deserving extra attention. You know the truth is Herrera Ortega Julio Rodriguez and Jose Godoy I don't know much about paje so I'll omit him, but they're also the type of catchers that command a serious amount of respect at the minor leagues, just like Kisner does uh they they are field generals, and Ortega that's one of his specialties. you can just tell that he has. Uh, an extra sense about him from the catcher position. Uh, and that's all I have to say, really, about Dennis Ortega. Just a bad 2019 season, and here's the hoping that he rebounds in 2020. He's still only 22. There's plenty of time to get his stuff together. Uh, that is our catcher rankings for the day. Our graduate was Andrew Kisner. Our number one was Avon Herrera. Our number two was Julio Rodriguez. Number three, Pedro Pajes. Number four, Jose Godoy. And number five, Dennis Ortega. Uh, again, four and, four and five, they're interchangeable, they're honorable mentions. Uh, thank you again for being a part of our podcasting network of the, as we rank the positions within the Cardinals organization. I'm your host, I'm Kyle Reese. Uh, tomorrow will probably be the utility players and that's a whole thing family. I think I talk end up talking about 15 of those guys or 14 of those guys. It's going to be a long one. Uh thank you so much. If you if you miss them, you can go back and listen to the starting pitchers, the drafted pitchers and the relief pitchers uh here on day 4. Feel free to go back and listen to any of those. You can find me on Twitter at KYLER416. Please hit my DMs up if you have any thoughts. You can hit me up on my normal timeline, just at me. Uh, I love talking about the stuff. I'm, I'm always open. I promise I'll respond to everybody that I possibly can. Uh, if you'd rather email me, email me at KYLER416 at yahoo.com. Uh, for everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, if you listen to this, you're a part of the resistance. Uh, and as always, family, happy hunting.